Hello, everybody. Bob Oxley here. It's time for tips, topics, issues, and positions. And uh, today's topic is going to be the current government shutdown as we enter into the 21st day. So it is the longest government shutdown in U.S. history. And to discuss the issues and that go along with that government shutdown, as well as to try to uh, ascertain their their positions. I have two uh, members of the faculty of Dixie State University in the College of History and Political Science. Uh, I have uh, Professor Chip McLeod and Professor Joe Green have re- been kind enough to return to our studio to give us their expertise on this uh, current crisis. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. I'm glad you had time to come back. I know it's, uh, we're just concluding with the first week of classes here at Dixie State, and I know you're really busy, but we really needed. I had a lot of calls from our listeners saying, can you talk about this? Because we're not sure what's going on, and we have such a wide variety of opinions on this. I'd like to just uh, open it right up with you, because uh, I know there's a lot to, for us to talk about. But here we are. We're in day 21 of this government shutdown. And it apparently that our president, uh, President Trump, uh, is adamant about getting this uh, wall built uh, between Mexico and the U.S. And just as adamant is the Democratic Party saying, no, we're not going to give you $5.7 billion for it. Um, based on uh, what's going on as far as the people that are affected, we have between 800,000 and almost a million people. Um, give me your assessment of this is going to be really the first day, the 21st day of the shutdown, but really the first day where it's, where these, these workers are not going to be paid. Um, any ideas based on your, uh, expertise and, and what you've read about this, what's going to be the feedback? What do you foresee going to happen as far as this shutdown? Are we going to see the general public or the people are directly affected, uh, rise up? I know there's been some protest across the country, so I'm going to turn it over to you two and Give me an idea of what your opinion is on that. Well, the, the only thing that I would say, I, I guess it's kind of obvi- obvious, but let's put it out there. It's a shame that these folks have to become the pawns in, in this uh, enthusiastically partisan political fight. And uh, here's hoping they get their money, but it's hard to tell what uh, the president really wants. I guess he wants the wall. Or I'm not really sure. He wants support of his base, and I think a lot of people, no matter what happens, it appears, um, to these folks who aren't going to get paid today and that that kind of thing. Our politics uh, um, have gotten really, really strange now, and <clears throat> pardon me, uh, most of them, I don't know, will probably hang with him. It's unfortunate, though. Professor hmm. Green. Uh, the other point of view is that... Uh uh, the Democrats, too, don't seem to know what they want other than to keep Trump from keeping a campaign promise uh, and don't seem to have any negotiating stance other than no on uh, this thing that he wants. Uh, and their base is uh, really uh, uh, solidly against uh, doing anything that looks like a wall because they think – it's uh, immoral and it won't work. And uh, uh, but it's it's pure partisan, you know, both sides. I think now, uh, and 
I don't I, I don't see a way out of it. There's some compromise that uh, you can think of, such as uh, legalizing all the, the dreamers, kids who were brought here when they were children who have only lived here, who are illegal, uh, in exchange for fun, some funding for the wall. But uh, Lindsey Graham was uh, trying to uh, get a bunch of senators on both sides to agree to that, but uh, the president killed it last night, so that's not even on the table anymore. So, and, and who, who knows what's going to happen? And, and will he go ahead and, and perhaps cross the line and, and uh, d- declare some sort of supportable national emergency and dip into the Pentagon, the Defense Department, that that fund funding that is uh, unearmarked to to go there and then. Will there be some extended court fight about that? I mean, how far is he willing to go? Yeah, They fund the <clears throat> Army Corps of Engineers and the Defense Department for emergencies, and that usually means hurricanes and earthquakes and forest fires and stuff like that where uh, a government response is needed and there needs to be a pot of money. And in theory, at least Trump's people are telling him he could use some of that money and start building a wall, and there's way more than five billion there. Uh, since it was earmarked for natural disasters, <clears throat> I'm not sure that how the courts would look at that, but who knows? Yeah, he made a statement. The president came out uh, 24 hours ago, indicating that with the Army Corps of Engineers uh, to investigate using funds uh, for relief, uh, both in California fires. This past summer, because he claims that the Californians didn't uh, handle the uh, uh, the fires correctly to uh, stop them, and also uh, he threw out, might as well throw in Puerto Rico. He said, "Don't you think enough money's gone to Puerto Rico? We should do some of the relief funds and put that toward building the wall." Um, there was some pushback on the bipartisan pushback on those ideas. Um, I guess. The next thing that the president has been trying to put together and lay a foundation for is a crisis between the United States and Mexico. Um, any input on that? Any feelings on that? Is there a crisis? I, I don't. Uh, I don't know how they're defining crisis. Um, and what part of what I would have to say about that is that this is uh, really perversely entertaining political theater that seems to change almost by the day, if not by the hour. And uh, the thing I would toss in has to do with the facts and figures that seem so outrageously different in terms of they want to count how many people have tried to illegally enter the country, especially over the last two or three years, and uh, the the folks who seem politically and even emotionally wedded to some, some pretty what appear to be some pretty inaccurate figures um, want to push those in order to tug on people's heartstrings and, and this, that, and the other. But uh, in, in terms of, of anything concrete that's coming of this, uh, right down to, and when I talk about political theater, I mean politics, is, I mean, wow, it doesn't get stranger than it is now, does it? And the thing that I, that I think about a lot as well, is I don't know what, what the president was up to the other day when he went to that meeting and stayed for whatever five minutes and 
listen to what the Democrats had to say and just, we're, we're not talking turkey at all, see ya. And then it's not helpful at all. Um, the way he's characterized, I think <laughs> Nancy Pelosi has been waiting so long to, to do this. She just sort of loses control uh, a little bit. And I don't, I don't think her rhetoric's very helpful. Well, I, I know that the, there was even discrepancy what transpired in that meeting. Right. Did he slam his, right, his right. hand down and say, I'm out of here because you won't talk to me about my wall? Or did he just kind of like get up and walk out and say, we have nothing further to discuss? Um, well, Whatever. Yeah. You get the you get both bipartisan interpretation, even of what transpired in that, in that meeting. So for us to even even consider a compromise being reached at, at this point, at this juncture of this shutdown is... It's getting wider and wider. They've painted themselves into corners. Um, I have a question for both of you, just going backwards a little bit. It seems to me, uh, prior to the shutdown, that uh, uh, the uh, Senate uh, had a proposal, a set of seven sections to a proposal, of which number seven had to do with the wall. And the previous, the other other six proposals had to do with moving the government forward and had to do with uh, funds for things that were outside of the wall. And the are, are you talking about the appropriations bill? Right. Is it, there were seven parts to it, and the president. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, this and this is this. I, I do need your correction on this, if necessary. It, it's been stated that the president agreed to signing the verbiage, the way it was set up, that was passed by the Senate. And when it got to his desk, he refused to sign it because it didn't include the wall, funds for the wall. Can you clarify that? I know that my listeners, they, they called this, I don't understand what happened. Why didn't we just sign the six and then focus in on the seventh part of this proposal? The um, standard way, normal procedure in the House and the Senate every year is to fund the government with 13 appropriations bills, they're called. Now, uh, in recent history, we haven't ever done this because the two sides can't ever agree on how much each department needs to get. And so they end up, uh, during the whole Obama administration, they, they ended up put it, putting it all in one big package, take it or leave it, fund the government at the end of the year uh, uh, with all the appropriations bills in one, play, in one big super bill. Okay. This year... The Republicans were going to try and show that they knew how to govern and get back to what they call regular order. And so very early last year, the House started pa passing the 13 appropriations bills. And the Senate got through all but, was it six? I think that's it was six. something like six. And so uh, <clears throat> most of the government, uh, you know, three-fourths of the government, uh, has been funded because those initial pro appropriations bills were all signed, uh, passed by the Senate and the House and signed by the president. Six were remaining uh, right before the election and everybody went home thinking they'd pass them after. Uh, and that's when the president started saying, I may not sign them because they're in the Homeland Security bill, one of the, one, one of the six, uh, we don't have yet have uh, enough funding for the wall. I want five uh, five billion for the wall. Okay. You only have one point six billion for the wall. Okay. Now the president's thinking is there are six outstanding bills that haven't been signed, which means as of today, uh, the people who work in those agencies, unless they're uh, 
defined as necessary aren't getting paid. Okay, that's what the shutdown is because there's no money for agriculture <clears throat> department, homeland security, I forget what the others are. Uh, and that's what the fight is about. And uh, in the meeting, the reason the president walked out, he claims, is that he, said, he asked Mrs. Pelosi, if uh, I sign the, all of the bills but the Homeland Security bill, will you then give me the wall? And she said no. And he says, then we have nothing to talk about. So, again, it's this impasse. But he thinks that by not signing the six and shutting down the government, he can put pressure on Mrs. Pelosi and some members of, uh, of her caucus to, uh, because they're worried about portions of the government not working, uh, uh, come to the table and give him his five, five billion. Of course, they think that the pressure of the government shutdown will be felt by Republicans. It normally is. Uh, and because Democrats generally are in favor of government, they would never shut it down. Uh, Republicans tend not to like government, so they're the ones who would shut it down. That's kind of the it looks like kind of the way the country thinks about this. And, and so, so that that's the issue. That's the debate they're having right now. Okay. And they're essentially playing, um, it looks like a game of legislative chicken. <laughs> yes. To see who's going to veer first. And uh, Trump still seems very confident. And the back to the people being affected by this, it must be very strange for them to hear him continually say that uh, we'll – Leave the government shut down as long as we need to. Yeah, he, years, he admitted, years in fact, he said. Yes. Yeah, um, he said just let it go the way it's going. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I go along with that. Uh, the people that are definitely going to feel it today, the ones that are not getting their paychecks uh, because they were holding back on mortgages, and there's all sorts of stories coming out now. Uh, the one that really shocked me was the Coast Guard on their website said that of recommendations because we're not going to be able to pay you uh, you're supposed to hold garage sales. Right. Um, you're supposed to uh, put your uh, shingle out that you walk animals and pets. Um, they actually was on their website, and they were blasted, and they pulled it off the website. That happened this morning. Yeah. I mean, I, like I, there's insensitivity. They, <laughs> they did. They did. They were just. I mean, when do they do this? After their shift? I, After I, you've I, been I, out? You know, they, I, the Coast Guard's on 12, 14-hour <clears throat> shifts because— you take the boat out. You can't come back well, after eight hours. You, I think they want the uh, the uh, people that their partners to do all this on the site. I just they did pull it off, but this is the kind of insensitivity, and this is the why the these eight hundred thousand that are directly affected by this feel like they are. What uh, uh, Dr. McLeod said at the onset of the show, they feel like pawns. They feel like pawns and taking it, being taken advantage well, of. Well, they are. No, yeah. The, yeah, the, they are. This the, is the bishops and the kings and the knights in the back row sacrificing pawns to get better position. And and the king and the administration are not are getting paid. They're they're receiving their checks. Uh, but they're not. A, some of them have said we won't take them while the shutdown's going on. That makes. makes or or, that, or their or their raise, by the way. Yeah, yeah or maybe not their raise. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not to raise. I just let me throw one more thing at you when we're talking about this. What about uh, the people that are? I know eight hundred thousand furloughed, but some of those eight hundred thousand are working without pay, like air traffic controllers, 
Um, we've got the T, uh, the uh, TSA at the airport, security at the airports. They're not being paid, but they're being required to come into work. Um, and then there's those that are furloughed that don't come to work. Just you're done working. We'll let you know when the government becomes active again. Are those people going to get paid when they get called back or when this, this, hopefully this shutdown ends? They're telling them they are. And legislation was one of the bodies, the Republican House or the Senate, introduced legislation to make sure that uh, people would get the back pay that they didn't get during the shutdown. So I assume they will be. Uh, But, you know, if the shutdown goes many months, uh, you know, people can't, people are going to have to look for another job. They can't. Stay in the and and I wonder, I wonder if the budget from this fiscal year carries over to next fiscal year if it goes back, goes past October the first. Well, the funding is there to pay them. Okay. If right. the bills are signed. All right. Then, then the funds are released, and and so uh, uh, the fact that it's not going out now means that they get a great big check. Uh, in theory. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's take it take it to the worst scenario here. Let's say that a month from now. Uh, I ask you two to come back, and nothing's been resolved. Um, that, that outside be- of the eight hundred thousand, we're talking about possibility of not having food stamps, certain government mortgages uh, not available any longer, the uh, IRS refunds. The Republicans have kind of prepared for this, and uh, when when the government shut down in two thousand eleven. Uh, President Obama knew the Republicans would get the primary blame for it. And so the people in the departments tried to make it as uh, onerous on the American people as they possibly could. You remember they shut down all the national parks, including the World War II Memorial, and a bunch of World War II vets had shown up and they (laughs) went past the gate. You remember all of that and that kind of thing. Uh, The Republicans are taking the opposite stance and trying to make sure that all of the stuff that might cause them real problems. Now, all of this is eventually going to cause somebody real problems and it's going to be what changes it. But food stamps are going out. They've made sure that that's going to happen and that, and that uh, things are in place so that the uh, tax returns and all of that will, there, there are things you can do, uh, uh, funds that are uh, kind of general and not allocated that the department heads can use to make this less uh, harmful than it would be. So again, but that's again the the uh, chess pieces playing with the pawns here. So President Obama used them one way in order to put pressure on the Republicans. The Republicans are using it another way to uh, keep pressure off themselves in this in this particular one. And and there are reports that. Uh Members of TSA, for example, who have to do their jobs are not real pleased. Um, morale is not particularly good, as you might imagine. And these days, they do some pretty important work. And uh, I can only guess at how that might or might not affect the, the, the vigilance with which they're doing their job. So that that's uh, that could be. My, my guess is that's the bottleneck, the TSA. Yeah. And that. If the airports start shutting down because the TSA and their union, uh, be, I'm not showing up to work if I don't get paid kind of a thing. You can't. I don't know if you could legally force them to work without pay. Well, Re- Reagan did for the for the other. <laughs> uh, if, if 
once yeah. e- once again, we're in the age of some really interesting constitutional interpretations or or sort of um, throwing ideas about that. Uh, that would that would just wreck things if air traffic got all out of hand. Yeah, we. And I remember you're talking about when Patco was here, the Professional Air Traffic Control right. Organization, and Reagan said there is no union as far as air controllers yeah. concerned. And yeah. and with, with security um, being as important as it is today, down on the ground, who's to say that that somebody might not pull that if they push back with their union with. The idea that, first of all, they're not getting paid, and this is kind of absurd. If we start getting airports shut down or people not feeling safe to mm, travel, right. it seems to me that'll be the bottleneck where you're going to get a lot of pressure on somebody to uh, negotiate in good faith that it come to a table and negotiate. But, uh, you know, who knows? The, no. uh, they, they really, the two sides really don't like each other. And, that's obvious. Uh, and and the other thing that springs to mind as well is that, that Trump in um, his his language, his approach, um, and and the way he conceptualizes this. It, last I heard, he's not even playing with the semantic game anymore. It, it's we want a wall. People are talking yep. about screens and slats and what are we going to build it out of? And we, you know, concrete, steel, whatever. It, he wants a wall. <laughs> that's his. That's yeah. his focus. <clears throat> he used the word concrete again. He was. He kind of moved off that because the Democrats said, "It'll, you know, we're thinking steel rather than concrete." Yeah. So I don't know if you, I don't know if you <laughs> saw it this that morning. Silly, as silly to no, me. I don't know who plot, uh, planted this one, but there is a picture of a part of the steel, one of the steel walls that were some of the samples that they had for him to take a look at, and somebody had actually cut a square into it, into the steel <laughs> wall, enough for a body to get through, and they. <laughs> That's been all over the paper and the news this yeah. morning. So I don't know if he planted it and saying, see, we need concrete. We don't need a steel wall, whatever. Well, well and once again, the, the, the real serious practicality of, of people being um, pressed upon and, and made to be pawns because of this, and that's, that's very important. I mean, they're not getting money. They don't seem to be moving the needle one way or the other. Um but to me as well, it, it's just fascinating what people are relying on to continue making their case. And um, some people just don't seem to want to back away from any uh, suspicious evidence, this, that, and the other. And they, they keep finding people who support Trump who uh, seem convinced, which I think is important. We talk about things like TSA and how, how this is really going to affect people with their behavior and what they think. If people begin to think that I'm not flying because these people are mad and not doing their jobs and not being paid, the same thing with, with the idea that um, these these folks are just reacting to totally bogus, made-up figures, numbers, and whatnot. But, but we don't care, much like the president. We want the wall for a, a laundry list of reasons um, and – they just seem immovable. It's yeah, it, I have to agree. If you, some of the people are going right to the agencies like the DEA as far as immigration. It's a trend going downward. The one area that they've identified that there is a problem that we're not prepared for is families, you know, women and children. It was all set up years ago for males coming across the border. Uh, where our facilities aren't there. And that's part of the fundage that the Democrats said is inclusive in their $1.4 or $1.3 billion proposal. 
Yeah, if if you listen to TSA people, I mean, not TSA, the the border, border patrol. patrol people. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's the thing that they're not used to. That they don't. They're not set up for is uh, women and children cross the border, you, and they're from Honduras or Guatemala and claim asylum. Uh, under U.S. law, you get a hearing if you claim asylum. And if you're from Mexico, they, they can ship you right back. But if you're from anywhere else, you get to make an asylum claim. And uh, people have been coming across more than last year, uh, and they tend to be women and children, and so you have to house them. And uh, the Border Patrol is is law enforcement. They're not set up to right. give up. Right. So if there is an emergency at the border... That's that's what it is, but uh, a fence doesn't a fence or a wall doesn't. When what do you do? Stop them in Mexico, kind of like they've done with the, uh, the so-called caravan that they or that group of people that came right. up that are stopped over the there. Tijuana. Yeah, with and the that's Mexican. that's still in court as to whether the president can do that or not. And uh, and, and again, not that this is going to change anybody's mind necessarily. Uh, we, we can't know. This is very very. Uh, sad the way folks are approaching it, but um, I I think it's completely accurate to say that that Trump is not a very good or clever demagogue, but he's he's just demagoguing this issue, and the people who are supporting him are are not really helping. Yeah, I think he's trying to utilize trying to utilize his business technique with government, and it doesn't work. Well, again, uh, again, people are watching this and um, they're reacting to it, and I, I suppose the people who desperately believe we need a wall believe that um, all the illegal drugs and um, criminality uh, invested in these people that they're just streaming through the wall. And the best evidence that we have that most people are willing to consider just doesn't. Bear that out. Yeah, the agencies show that the entrance large amounts of uh, illegal drugs are coming through our normal ports right. of entry, not, not th- the those, wall. Those people are clever. They're getting the stuff in here. Yes, they yeah. are. All kinds of ways. Yeah. On the other hand, though, uh, most of these Democrats uh, have argued for and supported and voted for uh, uh, reform at the border, uh, you know, secure border that has included walls before, okay, uh, on numerous occasions. That was the Schumer inclu- fencing Including right. last February, okay, last February, there was a bill uh, that uh, had passed the House, and ha- uh, they were negotiating in the Senate as to what they were going to do. The bill eventually failed. Uh, that was the, basically the president gets $25 billion for a wall, and border security, yep. but $25 billion in exchange for legalizing, uh, I don't know exactly what, whether they would be citizens or or just here legally, the dreamers. Right. The, and, and it wasn't $800 million, which is what you normally, uh, is that? Is that 800000 800000 right. yeah. Right. It was $1.2 million uh, Illegals, people who are here illegally, okay. which included dreamers and some other people, would be here. That was the deal. That was on the table. Everybody was going to vote for it. And at, at the last minute, the president, uh, uh, I understand, had pressure from the Freedom Caucus guys 
said, we want to add to it. We want to <laughs> also end chain migration. That is, if you come here, uh, then you eventually you can get your family here. And we want to limit the number of pe the people who are coming to only those that we choose that have some economic value, computer programmers and that kind of thing. But we don't want farm workers or, you know, whoever we choose. That was added at the last minute and it killed the deal. Okay. So the president had $25 billion for his wall in February if he'd wanted it. Wow. And, and the, the chain migration feature of immigration here is decades old. So that's, that's, a, that's a, a big consideration. But as, as Joe was saying, that those people decided that uh, we want to use whatever leverage we have to, to get even more. And, of course, he's exactly right. We're not talking about $5.7 billion. It, it was $25 billion, and, and DACA Plus ruined it. Yes. Wow. Now, the <clears throat> calculation they made was that if they pushed hard on the president's uh, campaign promises, which, I, uh, yeah, I better not go there. I can't remember if he talked about chain migration and all of that in the campaign or if that came later. Uh, uh, but they made a calculation that it would help them in the 2018 uh, off-year elections, help them hold the House, if they were really strong on immigration. Uh, it didn't. And so when it, we, they actually negotiated the financing bills that are now on the table, there's only 1.6 that the Democrats would agree to instead of $25 billion. Yeah. And the Trump wants five. <laughs> But he had 25 wow. before. So I they, think people they, bring that out. They made they they made a really bad calculation, and uh, uh, well, and, and one here of the we are. One of the worst wow. parts of the calculation, I think, is is that all of a sudden it would appear that that these folks uh, in the Republican Party, in the Freedom Caucus, and the the folks really over on that side of the scale, supporting Trump, his campaign promises, you name it, were. Uh, all of a sudden, deeply uh, and abidingly wedded to dealing with people who've broken the law. They, they saw it evidently that simply. And these people are here illegally. They've broken the law. And we can't let them get away with it. That's, one of, that's part of the argument. And that hasn't helped at all. You know, they're using that as the ammunition to keep the emotive component alive and well and wiggling. So Interesting. Uh, <clears throat> Something down the road. What about, I've heard uh, as of this morning, a release concerned on the part of our food resources here in the United States as far as whether or not they're going to be contaminated or not because there's no one evaluating the lettuce. Uh, according to um, <laughs> an article, a piece I read yesterday, what, we, uh, what we're actually looking at, I, maybe I shouldn't bring this up, maybe people would feel better if I didn't talk about it, but uh, the USDA and all those agencies that do that kind of thing, and basically they make uh, what amounts to 22 surprise searches and that sort of thing a day wow. throughout the entire country. That's it. So uh, they perform a very, very valuable service, but uh, they, they don't want, like people who want to fly, they certainly don't want us to get upset about the food supply and I, I have no idea what, what, what that's going to look like. These are, these are the kinds of pressures that eventually will lead to some <clears throat> solution. 
So I don't think it's going to go on for years because, uh, you know, if there's a big public outcry, uh, depending on who the public seems to be blaming, uh, one side's going to cave or they're going to compromise or who knows. Okay. I'm going to really but, drop a couple if, on your lap. But, but, if you, but if you ask us to come back in a month, I don't think it'll be fixed yet. Well, I'm going to ask you right now, <laughs> right now. Uh, we've identified some areas of, of concern uh, that if this does, is it is indeed prolonged since it's the longest in the history of the United States as of today. Uh, if we prolong it for another month, uh, just from uh, not only the 800,000 that, uh, that are government employees that are currently furloughed or being asked to work for no pay, what do you foresee as far as the whole picture, all of society, um, the ramifications, uh, will it be enough of the outcry, like you said, Professor Green, that uh, there's going to be a forced compromise, even though we have a Democratic House now in effect with a lot of young people and uh, we have a Republican Senate? Do you think that we, is there any, I know right now, as of we're talking right now, there doesn't seem to be any hope of any wiggle room whatsoever, but what do you foresee based on your expertise or what would you like to see, I guess? Well, we've already have had a game changer, and I don't know how, how useful or productive this, this response will be, but um, given what happened in, in November of 2016, I, who knows? I mean, logical, reasonable people, I don't think will want Americans to suffer any more than absolutely necessary, but th- that's that seems like a no-brainer to me, but folks – Folks are reacting to this in some very unhelpful ways. It's really hard. A month from now, that's really difficult to say. Okay. Professor Green? Uh, again, there, there's some, if there are some bottleneck areas that develop, maybe agriculture could be one. My guess is the airports, uh, that there'll be a public outcry, and then everybody is going to have to make a calculation as to how this will help in the 2020 election, is this going to, uh, on balance, get me elected, or is this on balance going to make sure I get defeated? And the Congress and the Senate are going to do that. I don't know what the president does about that because uh, he deeply believes that uh, he's that his that there are people in the United States who support him against the elites, and uh, that he can. Uh, you know, if he's strong and upsetting the system and uh, a little uh, upset here and a little upset there uh, won't matter. That's He did that with tariffs, okay? Tariffs are uh, harming various aspects of the economy now. Uh, but his view is uh, it's okay. Uh, they're good patriotic Americans, those farmers who can't sell their soybeans in China. And... Uh, you know, they'll weather it and we'll make great trade, trade deals and get back. And um, uh, can he make a deal with people who absolutely despise him and don't want to give him anything that might help him in the election? I don't, I just don't know how that plays out. So I'm like Dr. McLeod. I'm, I, I don't, I don't see where this goes. I'll be pleasantly surprised when it all gets worked out, if it, if it gets worked out because I don't know how it'll happen. I can't, I, I, I don't, I, I don't have a sense of how it's going to work. It, it's uh, because the, the, 
some of the normal patterns are there. Some aren't. I think everybody would hate to see some crisis at an airport someplace that involves yeah. security. And uh, I, don't, I don't know which would get people riled up first or, or some important segment of the food supply that becomes contaminated because it's not being properly uh, inspected. I mean, that, that would be awful. Nobody will see that happen. But that might motivate people to push back, change sides, do something. But it would be, it would be <clears throat> pardon me, really, really terrible for it to have to come to that. If it does get to this critical state 30 days out, I mean, will the system, could the system possibly work whereby the Senate and the House come to an agreement uh, on a proposal that puts on the desk, the president's desk, and he vetoes it, and it goes back, and you, you, you honest, do you think there might be an override utilizing the system by the Congress to make it go into effect? Can we do something it, it like that? It can happen, but with the people sitting in the, the, the two um, houses of our federal legislature, who, who knows? Yeah. That's, that's, that's outside of my sense of the possibilities right now. Right. But again, you know, a bad, uh, some bad emergency at an airport, some, somebody blows up an airplane because uh, the baggage wasn't searched correctly because somebody wasn't on, able to be there one day. Uh, you know, congressmen are self-interested and will, you know, do what they need to do in order to get this past them. But it's got to go to the president's desk, and he's unpredictable. Yeah, and everybody said that. Well, and, and as oversimplified as it may sound, it, it would be awful to have to deal with something like that and then push these folks ultimately to decide, which is the way I see it, do you want to do something reasonable to help uh, our republic, or are you still just totally focused on whether your actions are going to get you reelected. I mean, they, they deal with that every day. Yeah, they do. But, uh, that, by their own respective parties putting pressure on be, them. Because we, we have, we can use checks and balances and the Republicans in the legislature are just, uh, they, they have been as politicized in a partisan manner more so than they have in a long, long time. And, and they just, don't want to risk um, his his ire, and it's it's a very strange scenario. Okay, but uh, here's another thought going along with that. I, I know it's outside of your realm of even thinking that the system's going to work. But <clears throat> if these eight hundred thousand people who are not getting paid, and we're talking thirty days from now, and they're starting to renege on their mortgages and not enough food and things of that sort, do you think the American people will? contact their uh, fellow representatives, both in the Senate and the House, and saying, hey, enough's enough. These people are, we expect these people to work for the federal government where we're not going to pay for them and they're going to be suffering. And I mean, are we going to see enough scenarios through social media and uh, enough press coverage that whereby story after story, even in our own areas, um, that is going to raise uh, sensitivity uh, and for us to con- – do you think that's going to happen? In other words, the system's really going to work or a, a are peop- we dreaming? A people wave am I to, ma- to match the blue wave? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, this is um, one of the most surprising eras of uh, political behavior uh, we've ever seen. You know, you, you can – we <clears> – <throat> Again, one more time, I'll go back to 2016. The most highly paid, knowledgeable political pundits in the world mostly all got it wrong. So when you start asking about that, 
again. Who knows? My guess is uh, that one side will say those people are suffering because the other side won't compromise. And the other side will say those people are suffering because the other side won't compromise. Uh, again, it's. I think it's going to – I don't think that will do it. I think it will take some big emergency. Some that, kind of a catastrophic that, event? Yeah. That's I think, scary. I think rationality has to match up with electoral interest okay. before it's going to work. No, right. and, that's, and that's scary. We, nobody wants to see I agree. It. Nobody that, wants that's to a see great that. term, but that's what it is. Nobody wants to see it happen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Dr. Green, Dr. McLeod, thank you for spending time with us talking about the uh, government shutdown. And uh, you've given a lot of insight for things to consider. And you sound a little bit frustrated like I am and maybe the majority of the American people are. But uh, I would really like to have you come back in 30 days, if possible. And let's see where we are then and what transpired. Let's hope that uh, the government shutdown has been resolved by that time and that we're getting back on even keel, and whether or not a wall's being built or not, we'll find out. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes tips for today, topics, issues, and positions. Uh, You can hear this program uh, uh, today uh, on Fridays at 3 o'clock and rebroadcast at 5 p.m. on Saturdays. You can also view uh, those handsome gentlemen sitting across from me on on the uh, Facebook as well as Twitter, uh, our podcast affiliate is Podbean, and I guess Alexis is, you can order Alexis to pull it up, just say tips, and then the program of choice here at Radio St. George. Uh, so for me right now, we'll gonna tune, stay tuned for us next week for another, uh, another interesting uh, program, and I want to thank, again, Dr. Green and Dr. McLeod for taking time out of their busy schedule here at Dixie State University and giving us their opinions uh, on the uh, government shutdown. Until then, we'll uh, hear uh, you'll hear from us, and uh, if you want to take a look at us, look at us on Facebook, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye now.